podcast, the monthly dog discussion, storytelling, memory show. I'm your host, Ilya Alexif, and I am with a friend of mine today, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Yusuf. Pleasure uh, to be here. Um, so today, we are here to discuss um, primarily your, your, your dog, but we can talk about uh, both your dogs. So um, I guess to start... Uh, a few months ago, you got a new dog. Uh, that's right. So I moved to a new area down in San Diego, California, and I adopted my dog, Kaya. Had her for about eight months now, and she's about seven years old now. Okay. Um, and so you you moved, and so, like, was that one of your goals while moving was to get a dog? Like, kind of, like, before you actually moved, like, did you have that... Um, intention yeah that was always actually something that I used to dream about was that I would like if I lived alone I would get a dog and I would just have a dog wherever I moved and so because I had my own place and it was just a totally new area I thought it'd be awesome to finally kind of live that out um, so was that kind of like one of the first thing you you did once you were kind of settled was start looking yeah so my my logic with this was that um, because I was gonna get a, a rescue I was worried that he or she would destroy the furniture. So I got the dog before I got any furniture. <laughs> so the first, I moved in with just a futon, and then I said, okay, this is the time to get a dog. So, um, and, and this is kind of a, a side note, but they actually, the place I adopted her from, they do a house check to make sure that, like, oh, that like, your, your, like your place is suitable for a dog. And they came in, and there was it was just an empty apartment. <laughs> so, so they're like, what's <laughs> up with this guy? Is he some sort of, like, drug dealer or something? Or what is he? Yeah, and they were just they're like, so how long have you been here? And I was like, yeah, about two weeks now. <laughs> and that my futon is in that room. <laughs> and, yeah, so that was that was pretty much the first thing I got in the, uh, in the apartment. Okay, yeah, so two weeks. Um, and so this wasn't, like, the Humane Society, right? Like, uh, so it was just some other organization? Yeah, so... This was a place called The Barking Lot in El Cajon, um, right outside um, San Diego proper. And so the um, they partner with a foundation called the Soy Foundation, and that foundation takes rescues from across Asia from different um, dog meat facilities. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so the Humane Society partners with the foundation too, so you can get um, uh, dogs from situations like like Kaya's at the Humane Society, but this was specifically through the parking lot. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, uh, my only experience has been through the Humane Society, but that, you know that's cool. Uh, like the last episode we had was Jack, and he was saying we we started talking a little bit uh, about the end about like getting dogs from breeders because that's where his came from. So definitely the opposite of that, but that's good. Um, so was there any like thing in particular? you were looking for like in a dog like obviously it's a rescue dog but like specific size breed like personality yeah i uh so kaya is a is a husky jindo mix and uh, a husky is is kind of a dog i've always wanted to have in terms of size i i was limiting it to 35 pounds at the max and i wanted kind of a medium to larger size dog but i was limited by the apartment requirements uh it turns out I found out later that people in my apartment have mastiffs and the oh. landlady just doesn't <laughs> care. So <Yeah. laughs> I was just more sensitive to it than anyone else. So I was trying to get as close to that 35 uh, pound limit as I could. And so 
I think the real the real thing in terms of what I was looking for is, um, and you mentioned breeders a little bit. I definitely wanted to to rescue. I think it's just um, you you kind of have you, you meet a lot of interesting personalities that way. I think as opposed to just like uh, this dog was bred and this is its this is its breed and this is what it acts like. You have dogs that come from really different situations and kind of the situation they come from really gives them a unique personality and it's really interesting to see how they can grow and develop around you. Um, in terms of why I went for like a Husky Jindo, I met probably uh, 15 dogs at oh, this wow. place. Uh, just they give you, this place is really interesting. They give you like one-on-one time for like an hour with the dogs. I spent a lot of time, wow. a lot of time looking and most of these dogs were just really, really messed up. So yeah. um, the majority of them I couldn't even get, get close to because you walk in a room and it's a pretty large room and they'll be in the corner just shaking. Just oh, violently yeah, shaking. Um, and so you kind of try to like give them treats and all that thing, but most of them won't even eat. Uh, and so, oh, wow. so there was pretty much a handful. It came down to like three that I could actually interact with that started having a connection with. And uh, Kaya was one of them. And so I uh, just ended up going with her. And it, was, it so happened that I, you know, I, it's nice that I kind of have like, she's a husky mix, mix like, a, like a tiny husky. And that's a breed I've always kind of wanted to experience. So that's, that's cool as well. Yeah, what just popped in my head was um, you've probably seen those videos where it's like someone meets their dog for the first time and it's like shaking and can barely like handle itself. And then maybe, I don't know, months or years later when they actually adopt him, the dog's like extremely happy and it's like, you know, it's like a complete 180. So was that something you were trying to like find or you, you just wanted to like – just a rescue in general yeah you know growing up we'd always had rescues ish i would say we never went to a breeder uh so the the dog i had as a childhood was a um um i guess was a rescue at birth but we got her later in life and so she was at that point she'd been just totally uh totally normalized i would say and she was great um and then we got a a dog from the humane society for a little bit and the dog uh, a dog that we currently have a family dog is uh was a was a rescue from the the Milo clinic over in uh over in the bay area um in terms of like kind of that experience you're describing i think it's just that you know there's there's a lot of dogs and yeah there's yeah. a lot of that's, just that's always been my my logic yeah you know i don't i guess i i don't blame people for going to a breeder because some people really know what they want yeah uh, but i think there's all breeds of dogs can be really interesting and really cool and when there are so many available that would just really be put down if you didn't adopt them, I think it just it just makes sense to look. Yeah, um, when we were adopting Dewey, he was um, he was close to being sent to like some sort of like dog farm or something like in like Stockton or something like that. Some so for for context, like and a ways away from like the San Francisco Bay Area, kind of like more towards the middle of nothing sorry anyone if anyone's from there um but um yeah so i was gonna say is that you so you've had experience with dogs like you grew up with dogs and stuff so it's like it wasn't anything foreign for to you so i guess that fits in right with you wanting you said that you dreamed of having a dog literal dreamed or just kind of like when i move out i'm gonna get a dog like it was both. Yeah, oh, I'd really? Have, I'd have, oh, yeah, it would be wow. Like, yeah, it'd be like, oh, I'm definitely getting a dog. But also, I'd have dreams where I'd just be like in a new place and have a dog. Um, and and that's you're probably right. That probably is just because I I grew up around them. But I always felt um, my 
the first dog I had was a uh, Border Collie mix, and she was a phenomenal dog, but she was really very much my dad's dog. Very, like, loyal to my dad, and, you know, I was a kid, so I would always try to play with this dog, and uh, and she she just did not like playing. That was <laughs> that was really not her thing. And so I think kind of stemming from that, I had always wanted my own dog. That was oh, kind of like okay, dog. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so it was more of, like, that angle. Like, I, like... It wasn't something you're like. I need. I necessarily. I'm. I'm moving away, living by myself. I need to have like someone with me. It wasn't quite that, was it? Or maybe a little bit. Uh, no, you know, I don't think. I think I would have been fine alone without a dog. But it was just one of those things where, it, like, um, and and I should say, San Diego is the most dog friendly place I've ever been. So I didn't really know San Diego that well until I moved there, um, and I started going places and going out and. People had dogs in the restaurants. Uh, my apartment complex, over half of the people have dogs, so I would just see them all over. And I was like, "This is this is my chance to kind of <laughs> kind of live that dream and actually get one." Yeah, I think some people um, like the Bay Area is a fairly dog friendly area too. But I think like you know, you think of San Diego, you think of beaches and warm weather, and so it's like there's sand getting everywhere, and people's like gross feet and sandals and it's like to me it's not too much of a stretch like okay we'll just have a dog and assume that you know the dogs behave well enough not to just like jump and steal someone's like burrito or whatever it's because it's because people are so messy that's what you're saying no (laughs) no, because it's like (laughs) because it's like it's like it's like not i didn't want to make it sound so negative <laughs> no 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 but you're, i mean you're right it's like uh, there's a beach culture around it and one thing that's really cool about san diego is there's a lot of dog beaches and so they'll just be these like beautiful beaches that have just hundreds of dogs running around and there's it's not just like one of those there's like four or five dog beaches all pretty close to each other yeah that that sound sounds great you ever go to those uh yeah i took i took kaya there a couple times pretty early on i haven't gone lately but it's um it's pretty cool because you can just you can just let let like so I'll just let Kai off leash and she'll just uh, she'll just walk around and kind of explore. the The challenge I have with taking her to like to heavy like heavily crowded dog areas is that she's like frightened of other dogs, and so she's really interested in them. But she I guess so kind of a habit she developed from being in a in a meat farm uh, is that they they run these dogs in these larger mud lots. And they learn to set their own boundaries. So she has a, um, she has basically this this really really scary snarl. I would say whenever mm. a dog comes up to her. So even though she's not like an aggressive dog, she'll go to a dog beach. And so golden retrievers, for instance, are just some of the friendlier dogs. And they'll come up to her, and she'll just bare her teeth and and basically acts like she's about to attack this dog. And so it, it sort of leads to these situations where people are like. Like, why is your dog at the dog beach? And so... Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so we're kind of bouncing all over the place, but since you brought that up, like, how, how like how does that make you feel? Because sometimes Mikey isn't the best. Like, he wants to play, and maybe he likes other dogs, but maybe he misinterprets their... their... Um, their, their body movements and their reaction... Bo- body language, and... And then there becomes there starts some barking, and then just like I don't know for me that it always feels awkward when that happens, and like I don't want Mike hurting anyone's dog, 
Um, so like, how does that make you feel? Yeah, you know, I'm always on edge with like, is this is Kaya going to do something that I don't expect? Because I've had her for eight months now, so I, I know her behavior pretty well. But you know, there's six and a half years of like uh, of history behind that, and so it does make me nervous. What what is kind of um, what is kind of nice though is that she doesn't actively run after dogs, and she is more of she doesn't really she doesn't really take too much interest. So it'll generally be another dog that comes up to her oh, and tries okay. to play with her, and then she'll she'll give a snarl and maybe a snap. And so other people will get really really nervous about it. But in those instances, I at least know that like oh yeah, my dog didn't run up to your dog. My dog just doesn't. Run yeah up. yeah yeah. My dog wasn't being aggressive; it was just being defensive. That's right. Um, okay, so l- let's kind of um, s- step back and go, like, back to the kind of beginning. So she's one of, what, like, three dogs you said that are realistically adoptable at that point. And so you meet her. Like, how, how is that kind of, like, initial meeting? Yeah, so I met this um, – I've gone from meeting this one dog that I liked a lot but was clearly just um, – probably a little too far gone for me to bring into the apartment at that point. Uh, you know, when they bring them to this barking lot area, they it takes months before they really can probably be adopted. Oh, and so wow. with this one, uh, so I met this dog, Denim, before. and Denim? Den- yeah, Denim was the name, and he was great, but he was not ready to, to be adopted. I, I just couldn't make enough like of a connection there. Um, one of those things where I couldn't get him to, to eat a treat, for instance, or, oh, wow. or be like, uh, or even so then I asked the person, um, you know, I'd seen, they basically have a list and like pictures and names and description. And I was like, okay, what about, um, and I actually did end up changing Kaya's name. So Kaya's original name was Rome. And Rome. so uh, I said, okay, how, how about Rome? And so um, they told me she's going to be really standoffish and you're not, it's going to be like worse than denim. You're not going to be able to, to like even, you know, even interact. Um, and then so they, they let her in, and, like, right away she ran up to grab a treat. And, like, we were, like, pretty pretty friendly at the point, so we just kind of naturally got along well. Um, she was scared of other people, but because we had kind of that immediate connection, it was a lot easier to just kind of uh, kind of just get to know her. So you said it was, like, a big room? So there's, like, other people looking at dogs, too? No, so it's actually a pr- – so other people look at dogs, but they'll bring you into a private room for some, oh, of, the, okay. for some of the kind of the uh, – the ones that are not as well adjusted. Okay. So the way it works is they, it's you know it's a it's really strict because a lot of these dogs, um, like, a lot of these dogs come from like really awful situations. So for instance, they will, they will give you a wristband like that attaches to a leash, and they will put it on, to make sure that like, um, uh, and I should back up. So you can meet the dogs outside or inside, and if you meet them outside, they actually put a like something on your wrist. And, like, you can't put it on there yourself because they want to make sure that if you have the dog outside, they're not going to run because okay, there's, a, there's yeah. a high flight risk with these dogs. And so for some of the ones that you can interact with outside, they'll do that. And then other than that, you'll have a room that's just you and the dog. Um, and it is a slow process, but you just kind of go one at a time, and other people take their turns, and you just wait. Um, the uh, Once you adopt a dog, it's also continues to be strict. You actually uh, have to loan a GPS tracker off of uh off of the barking lot and you have to have your dog wear it Hmm. so the concept there is that they've had a lot of instances where these dogs will just jump out the window or find a way to escape oh yeah so they want to have the gps tracker to be able to 
to, to track them down pretty quickly. We had some experience with Mr. Gooby like that. Um, Mikey, on the other hand, loved it here. He knew he was home. So uh, was it kind of, like, disheartening for you, like, seeing all these dogs? Because, you know, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, you like we know, like, in general, like, bad stuff happens, but seeing it is... Yeah, it, it was actually emotionally really heavy. I, I mean, I guess I, sh- I should have expected it, but doing it for a whole day because, you know, it, it does take a long time was just really draining. I uh, would come back at the end like, wow, this is, uh, this is really sad. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where people have – most people would say, like, uh, you know, don't eat dogs, <laughs> right? That's a pretty yeah, – like, yeah. that would be a really, like, popular opinion here. But, you, you know, there's, there's that, that, you know, uh, thought, like, okay, but what about, like, you know, you eat cows, you eat chicken, pork. Like, what, what makes it different to, to eat yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in a different culture? And there was definitely something about seeing just how emotionally scarred a lot of these dogs were that was really, like – really brought it home to me that I like it, it really gave me a tangible like yeah this is just to me like really unacceptable I mean yeah that's a fair point because I mean we we live in urban areas we don't really interact with cows or chickens or pigs in any form of the way so that's kind of like a topic for a different show but um so you finally got her right like so you you meet her and you're like things are going well Oh yeah, sorry. Totally. Now I totally remember what I was gonna say. Uh, that d- so dogs are basically like the epitome of like positivity and like excitement and joy. So yeah, like I could definitely um, get that contrast of the um, being worn down after that. So uh, you spend some time with her. You gave her that treat, and then you're like, all right, I'm feeling good. Like, were you like determined like to get a dog from that place or? Did you think, like, and if it didn't work out, I, you know, there's plenty of places. Yeah, you know, I figured there are plenty of places, but I they had so many dogs, and I had met a lot of cool ones. And, again, you know, it, there were only a few that were realistic for my situation, but um, I was pretty confident I was going to get something from that place. And I wasn't binding myself to, I have to get a dog, but it yeah. was something I really wanted. Did they tell you, like, yet, like anything, like, dogs typically have to stay here a few months before they're ready or some dogs are never ready were they telling you stuff like that no they they really avoid that okay (laughs) yeah i i I can imagine why they would they would bring a dog out like they'd be like um leilani was one of the dogs and they were like oh yeah leilani's a little skittish is what they said uh and i was like oh okay a little skittish like i've met skittish dogs before they brought her on a leash and she's like she's like running like basically digging into the ground trying to run away from like Jeez. back into the door that they brought her out of and they're like dragging her and like she is frantic she can't stay still she's constantly just like running and like like just the most scared dog i've ever seen and they're like oh and and you know they'll be smiling like oh i guess she's just not ready yet right okay, <laughs> like i'm yeah. just like i'm just frightened like this dog is scared for its life like did it ever seem like they were trying to like i know this may sound bad like hope that the dog like shows well so like it could get adopted like maybe they realistically know that the dog isn't ready that like in overall but maybe one day the dog may have a good day did you ever get that vibe yeah i did actually (laughs) so (laughs) that's um, really bad this is (sighs) this is run by like this place is run by volunteers and they're great uh i really like them but it's like um i think they they care 
more about the dogs than maybe your your experience with the dogs. So they're like, okay. uh, they want them to get adopted. And I think, you know, they have good reason because I think generally when people do adopt them, they, they, might, they might think like, I'm not ready for this or this is too much work. But people generally find it really rewarding to go and, and take a troubled dog and, and uh, kind of uh, integrate them into a family, let's say. And so a lot of people would be afraid of it. And so they, um, I think they kind of are like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. And maybe maybe don't talk about the reality as much with the expectation that um, them selling it will, will give the dog a better life. So, I, I, yeah, I do think they do a little bit of that. How much, like, questioning did they ask you about, like, your, like, um, like were they asking you, like, have you had dogs before? What's your kind of experience? Yeah, so this place, again, it's ridiculous. They actually, yeah. you have to fill out an online survey before you can even go in. Oh, like a questionnaire so or It's something? a questionnaire, yeah. and they ask questions just like that. Like, what other dogs have you had? What happened to them? Um, what's your favorite thing about a dog? What's your living situation? What's your income? Like, questions like that. And there's no decline to state, huh? There's no decline to state. <laughs> <laughs> and so, if you actually, I read the reviews for this place before I went, and they're awful. Because a lot of people got rejected oh, yeah. <laughs> off of the initial questionnaire. Yeah, and because... But it makes so much sense, right? Because you know there's someone who's going to see a dog that they think is cute or whatever, and like, I can help this dog. But in reality, they're, the person couldn't handle it. So it totally makes sense. Um, yeah, but anyway, back to the important stuff. Um, so you met you met her, you gave her a treat, um, and then you're like, this is going well? Like, did you spend an hour with her? Yeah, so I, I met her one day, spent an hour, and then I didn't take her home the same day. I um, I came the following weekend and met with her and another dog that I had liked, um, and both of them were great. It really came down to I was going to be working a lot, and uh, Kaya was a little bit older than the other dog, and Kaya was more of a loner, and that just made sense with my living situation. So I met, I met, you know, then I hung out with him for another hour or so, Kaya, walked her around the block, and then basically brought her home. So um, how was kind of like that car ride home? Was like, was she crated or anything, or just on the seat? So I, I brought her onto the seat, and um, it was, you know, it was a bit nervous getting her into the car, because again, I don't really know. Um, she's, you know, very skittish at that point, and wasn't really sure if she was going to bite me. I didn't feel comfortable lifting her up, for instance. Okay. Uh, so kind of had a leash for her and just kind of slowly careened her into the in the passenger seat. And so brought her into the passenger seat, just started driving. And actually, when I got home, or by the time I got home, uh, something that I never experienced with the dog is I learned that she has really bad car sickness. So my uh. first interaction with her is that she puked all over the, the the passenger seat and they had stuffed her full of treats because you know i think um when they tour the dogs around they're constantly giving them treats oh and okay it was just it just smeared across the entire seat <laughs> and i had already been like did i really make a good decision here how, how close were you to your your place when she barfed so she barfed uh like when i was on the freeway and it was kind of on the um, it was it was unlike the um uh, like the cup holder area and it was a little bit of barf and i was like oh you know like she's just a little car sick like this will be really easy to clean up but then i um when i right when i parked she started gagging and i was like scrambling to try to get her out of the car but i didn't make it and oh, so she, okay she did a, a much larger one where she emptied pretty much her entire stomach and 
she she did it on the like the backrest. So she at the top of the backrest. So then it it fell down oh, and no. smeared across the entirety of it. Okay, but it wasn't like you got in the car and then like two minutes later she barfed and you have like an hour to drive and you're like, well, okay, so it wasn't that bad. Um, so you, did you go? You you take her inside your place and then you start cleaning up or yeah, yeah, exactly. So I brought her in my place <laughs> and I just left her there, being like, all right, you're gonna learn this place now. And then I went to go clean up her vomit. <laughs> Uh, so, like, in your head, were you kind of like, like, like you mentioned, like, did I make a mistake? But were you like, kind of thinking that over and over again, or were you just kind of like, it's just barf? Like, what was your thought process? My thought, I was thinking, you know, like, I thought this is gonna be a funny story. It's really, like, <laughs> I was like, this is a real pain. If I'm ever on a podcast <laughs> one day, I have this in my back pocket. Yeah, I was yeah. determined to be the best episode on the <laughs> podcast, and I was like, vomit some more, Kaya. Keep going. Um, so, like, are you – so you, you finish cleaning up. Are you feeling kind of, like, uh, flustered, annoyed, or worried? Uh, yeah, I was I was annoyed, definitely. It was – it took forever to clean up, and I, like – I didn't have any of the – I didn't have any of the tools like ready for it. I didn't oh, have any. Okay. Cle- I, I didn't have like car cleaning like scrubs yeah, or yeah. anything. <laughs> so I had paper towels and bottled water, <laughs> and yeah. and I brought some like dish detergent or something or soap, hand soap, I, just whatever I could find yeah. in my apartment. And again, I don't. I didn't have anything in my apartment. So <laughs> yeah. Um. So how was she like in your apartment right away? Like was she kind of just like walking around, smelling around? I mean, not not much to look at, right? Yeah, so she was really uh, she was really curious. There wasn't really anything there, but she was kind of exploring all the areas, um, just kind of getting the lay of the land, sniffing everything. And then when I was there, she kept a, a very large perimeter. So she was always kind of interested in where I was, but she would n- never get close. How long did that last? So the first night I had her, she uh, when I went to bed on my futon, she slept – looking through the hallway but at the opposite end okay. so uh, there's there was plenty of places she could have been but she just chose to like be in eyesight um but like on the opposite end and then over time pretty much the second night she was in the same room opposite corner and then by a week she was sleeping pretty regularly in the same room and like pretty open to to physical contact did you have like a dog bed for her uh i had a had a blanket that i set out for her and it took her a while to get to that blanket. And I basically, so yeah, actually, that's a good point. I would put the the blanket in comfortable places for her, and then I would just slowly move it closer, uh, and she would oh, sleep on it. Okay, so she kind of like learned like this is where I sleep. Yeah, and, so, and then you were moving it closer to you. That's right. And actually, she she picked up on that right away. Pretty much the first night I brought out the blanket, she would sleep there, like or a second night or so. Um. So I guess we haven't we've just kind of glossed over it a little bit, but like kind of like how is her like personality like describe her a little bit more yeah she's very much like a cat and that was one of the first things i noticed and everybody that meets her say says basically your dog's a cat which kind of sounds like an insult to me because i'm not really i'm not really a cat person um uh and you know when people have cats that like them they always say my cat's more like a dog so (laughs) it always seems it seems like an insult but um she's very she she kind of if she if she likes somebody she'll more like graze past them she's not like a, a classical like 
like puppy that would just jump on somebody or like wag their tail. She kind of takes interest in people and then slowly just kind of comes up to them and, and prefers their presence more than anything else. She's she's very shy still, um, but she she's coming out of her shell definitely. So her personality is she's kind of like a quiet, um, very loyal dog that that takes a while to trust people, but when she does, just sticks around them and really likes to. Uh, do they require you to do training? Uh, no, they don't. They don't require it uh, at the barking lot where I got her. But okay. I actually did take her through training, and uh, and I mean, if you want to spend some time talking about that, that was yeah, we can yeah. do that. Um, it was it was interesting because I brought her in for I, I went to Petco um, since I live very close to one, and the the people at Petco were great. It was kind of like this this second like dog family sort of thing. And so I met the trainer. She was really cool. And she had recently adopted, like, a, a very troubled dog from Tijuana. Um, that's a, that's another common thing that people who are looking for rescues will do in San Diego. Is oh, go to Mexico. Dog. Exactly. There's a lot of – the Humane Society is full of dogs from Tijuana um, uh, of all breeds, generally Chihuahuas, though. Um, and, you know, she had recently adopted this dog, and uh, and he was uh, – he or actually, she was a mess and, like, kind of going through a lot of the same problems that – um, like, you know, you would see from one of those rescues. And so this, um, you know, Kaya would not really respond to commands. She wasn't really like, it wasn't like you got a dog that knew how to, how to sit or stay or uh, any of those things. And so uh, basically this was, um, this was the trainers, as she described, the hardest dog she had ever trained. And she was really passionate about trying to get it down. Like it was kind of a, a challenge and a, uh, like something for her to try to accomplish. Okay, cool. And, like, so what was tra- kind of, like, the training? Was it just, like, basic commands and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so so kind of skipping ahead, I had some – I ended up having a lot of issues with um, with Kaya's separation anxiety, which is something that uh, I hadn't really expected. You know, she she's a dog that really didn't have a lot of positive experiences with people. And so I thought, you know what, I'll like we'll have a positive experience, and she'll I'll give her plenty of space, and she'll just be able to chill whenever she wants. But she ended up getting really attached really quickly, and then whenever I was away, it ended up being really hard for her. So that was something that um, that ended up being a real challenge for a variety of reasons, and we can touch on that later. But yeah. um, I thought, you know what, I'll give her more mental stimulation. That's probably what she's missing. And so <laughs> the the training that we went through with Petco was. Uh, adult uh adult level one i think is what they called it okay and it was kind of more around just basic like sit lay down that sort of thing um but the thought was that uh you know teach her the basics and at least it'll give her like a a fun game to do with with some food rewards and how did she do in that like or like you said the trainer had some difficulty so it was pretty tough yeah i brought her to one lesson and there was just like Kaya had no concept of any of it. Like there was, you know, there was a lot of puppies that were getting it really quickly, and Kaya just didn't understand. Like, like why would I sit? You know, that sort of thing. So we had to really build the concept of like do something, get a reward from the ground up. And so uh, the trainer just scheduled like a private session just to just to like spend time doing it. And we spent two hours in Petco just doing trying to figure it out. So the first thing was like, how do we get her to associate um, like laying down? We're like the thought was laying down will be easier than sit because dogs will naturally yeah. lay down, and so we really like we thought okay let's try to like maybe maybe try to kind of like um, uh, hold her legs up. This was a common thing you do I guess at Petco is you you hold their hind legs 
they'll naturally try to like sit down or like lay down. Oh, okay. And we tried that, and Kaya would just wheelbarrow. So she just, <laughs> she just would not lay down. She just hold her legs up, like okay, you're holding my hind legs, but I will not lie down. So that that was a that didn't work at all. Then you know the trainer said we really don't want to force positions because. I guess that's just their policy. They don't force positions. Maybe it just it, it seems too forceful or it doesn't train them well. Uh, but she was like, okay, we're running out of options here. We had tried, you know, saying it. We tried, like, holding the hind legs. Let's just try to gently force the position. And Kaya was not having it. She would not lay down. So what we did is we devised a, a like, a, a contraption with a bunch of chairs. And we laid, like, a, a trail of treats going under the chairs with the concept that Kaya would have to crawl under them oh, to get okay. it. And so it was kind of working. We got Kaya to lay down once, but Kaya learned that she doesn't actually need to crawl under to get them. She could reach with her neck on all angles, so she basically just stopped <laughs> doing the whole thing and was just getting the treats. Um, and so the only thing we were able to do that eventually worked was um, basically get Kaya really bored. So when Kaya got bored, uh, we'd been doing this for like an hour at this point. She would just lie down. We'd give her a ton of rewards. And then we just she would stay, and we'd just keep talking, talking. Eventually, Kaya would get bored, lay down, and then we'd reward her for it. And eventually, like just doing this for, for a really long time, we're kind of, we weren't able to actually tell her anything or command her on that day, but we kind of just built this concept that like lay down. We, like She lays down. We say lay down. We give a treat. And we kind of just built that notion that this is a thing that can happen. Um, so, like, how how smart is she? Like, because obviously she had a different upbringing than, like, probably most dogs that anyone adopts. So do you think she's, like, I don't know, at least average? Like, she's not stupid, right? Yeah, she's definitely not stupid. Um, I thought she would be a lot smarter because, I you know, I'm used to Huskies being just uh, super smart. She's She's got that Husky stubbornness to her. I think I haven't had a chance to see her intellect yet because um, she's just very – she's so shy and so, like, um, just so timid that, like, uh, her intelligence, I just – I haven't seen her exercise it a ton. But she's definitely not stupid. She's – I would say she's pretty smart, but she's she's not the, the smartest dog I've, I've okay. seen. Okay. Um, and so how long did you do the training for? So did the training for a couple months through a bunch of sessions. Uh, after that private one – we were able to kind of integrate her with the regular class and uh, finally got her to lay down. I practiced at home a bunch and then we're eventually got her to sit after lay down. And then those were really the, the big two. And then the rest were just heal, follow, like come, those sort of things. Okay. And um, everyone listening, that's Dewey breathing right on me. So um, he's enjoying the stories. Um, so do you still like work on the don't bark do you still work on like the commands like regularly yeah i try to keep them up because i i imagine that they're they're fun for her or at least interesting uh it gives me an excuse i like to give her treats a lot so it's yeah. at least i don't feel like a <laughs> like i'm spoiling her uh yeah so was it like frustrating for you like going through all that training was it like a lot more than you thought or were you just kind of like open to whatever needed to be done uh, at that point, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought, uh, okay. you know, I was, like, new to the area. It's not like I had any friends there. I was like, yeah, let me train this dog. That'll be something to do, and it'll be fun. Um, and really, you know, part of the reason is, um, while the training was was fun, the 
the experience had been starting to get a little bit stressful. Um, I previously mentioned the the separation anxiety, uh, but my whole intention was that I would I would just leave Kaya home alone, and that uh, you know she would she'd be fine on her own. But I came home one day after work, and she had uh, just torn apart the place. And so I mentioned originally that by having no furniture, my hope was that there would be nothing to destroy. But yeah. she found that you can actually destroy the door frame. Oh, of <laughs> course. So, yeah, it's made out of wood. Yeah, and, and the blinds. So she <laughs> tore a bunch of blinds off, um, and then she started actually taking the uh, basically the door frame apart. She would bite it, and she like started – Like start like pulling on it? Yeah. Or so like she, chewing on it? Both. So she oh, tore no. the – the like uh, whatever you would call that board, the molding, the, or yeah, from the nails. So oh, okay. So she'd actually tear off the frame from the base, uh, wow. and she started clawing her way through the drywall. Um, <laughs> and this is like kind of stuff that just happened overnight. Is basically she at some point decided, like, like, uh, like, uh, Aaron's gone, I'm alone here, and he's never coming back. I need to escape. And so this just started happening, um, and so like. Uh, it didn't happen the first few nights, and so I kind of felt comfortable with it. But after she built that connection, she had this crazy separation anxiety, and it became a, kind of a whole uh, a whole bunch of stuff that I needed to do to, to try to tackle that. And one of them was the training. Hope, well, I was hoping so, that, that would so help. So she started that fairly soon after you adopted her? She started it two weeks after I adopted her. Oh, okay, wow. Um, and you mentioned in the very beginning, or maybe before we recorded, but she doesn't play with toys at all uh no yeah so she um so this whole like separation anxiety story i'll describe that and and kind of what i uh what i was trying to do so toys were the first thing that i thought of i was like okay well she's chewing on the door frame she must just be really bored the problem is is that she like when i first like she doesn't play with toys even now she doesn't really like them uh she doesn't really i guess understand them and I'm working on it. I'm trying to get her to <laughs> like toys because I, to me, that's just a fundamental dog thing. Yeah. Um, but especially when I first got her, she didn't even like food that I could tell. Uh, so she she would go for treats, but she really she was really difficult because um, I would try to offer her things like you know most dogs you're eating food you can give them some of your food and they'll they'll eat it. Yeah. But she, the only thing she would eat would be meat. Um, okay. And even when I first got her, she wasn't really that into meat. So she would be huh. – the only way you could really reward her was with attention, and she was too afraid to have attention. So yeah, it's <laughs> I was just like the yeah, vicious cycle, yeah. Eventually, as she built trust, she started – and uh, she started liking food more, which was good and helpful. Um, but, you know, when she was bored, I, I thought, okay, I'll get her a bunch of toys, um, and that just, that just didn't work. Um, and so the next thing I tried was I – you know, I got her a thunder shirt, uh, which is like a compression jacket for your dog. The concept is that it feels like they're being smothered, and then they won't be as stressed out. Huh, um, never heard of that. Yeah. That's cool. So I got her that, and it didn't seem to help. She was still <laughs> damaging the place. Um, and so I actually had to make a, uh, a difficult decision to, to – I was going to uh, – basically to crate her. And this was really hard for me to decide. Um, at the, the barking lot, you actually sign an agreement that you're not going to crate the dog. So this was basically something I did kind of against what I had agreed to. Uh-oh. And they, it, might, they might come through the – bursting through the windows any second now. Yeah, so don't – I hope you're not planning to put this online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, you have to know me to get this episode. Um, it, did they say why? Like did they give like a good explanation? Like they just think it's inhumane or they found that dogs don't do well? 
uh, they just think it's inhumane. Basically. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, like they feel that they can they can get people to rescue these dogs that won't uh, that won't subject them to being in a crate. Uh, and and that was really my intention was that I would just let her roam around, but it, it, the damage got so excessive that I basically had to make a decision of, of giving her back, which may, might have been the right choice. But you know, um, flash forward now, I don't think would have been the right choice, uh, or or trying to crate her for a while. Was she like attacking the same, like, door frame? Yeah. So it was really targeted. It wasn't in, that in, in your bedroom or the front door to get oh, out. Fr- oh, the front door. Okay, yeah. So she she knew like this is the way out, so I have to get out. Exactly. Oh, okay. Um, I have I have a friend who and he, um, he had a dog, and the dog would actually like to sleep in a crate. Like they just had like a crate with the door open, and the dog would sleep there. So yeah, and that's what I tried. Is I basically I was reading a lot about crate training, and I was um, and actually one of the reasons I ended up deciding to try to go with the crate was that the um, so at this stage, you know, the damage had occurred. Uh, I was taking Kaya through training. I was trying the Thunder shirt. I basically was listening to uh, Kaya's trainer in terms of what do I try next. And the trainer said, no, crate training is great. It makes them feel safe. Like they're basically yeah. like um, it's their safe space. So I was basically put all the, you know, that blanket I had previously mentioned, put that in the crate. I was trying to throw like treats in the crate, basically trying to make it like a positive experience. Um, and, and yeah, apparently a lot of dogs love it. Um, it ended up being just a like a horrendous failure in this instance. Um, what what started happening is I, I put her in the crate and she would actually start just howling nonstop throughout the day, howling and shaking the crate. So and did you start uh, putting her in the crate like when you were home? Yeah. So I would start – basically she would sleep in the crate. That became her new sleeping spot. Um, I would kind of put her in it while I was around, basically try a lot of the, the crate training uh, activities. But one of the challenges is that I was going to work every day, and so I didn't really have um, a ton of time to just keep her around like comfortable in the crate. So I basically – put her in the crate when I was off to work and I'd throw a lot of treats in there, give her a lot of praise, um, and then leave. And then right when I would leave, she would just begin, begin howling. And I started getting noise complaints actually. Um, and they weren't, they weren't people being like, like, Oh, it's too loud. People actually thought I was abusing this dog. Oh, wow. They were, uh, they were really concerned. So I had the landlady call me basically say like, um, you know, and I had explained to my landlady because I, I ran the, you know, the approval for getting a dog by her. Um, I explained the situation, but people, yeah, people were really, really nervous about it. So, so like at this point, are you like kind of like anxious, frustrated, like, cause like it, I can imagine that being super stressful, you know, cause like obviously you have the best intentions and you're like, I'm like, not in the anger way, but you're like, I'm just trying to find the best way to like help you. It was really stressful actually, uh, because when the the crate was sort of my nuclear option, I was like, I'm gonna try a bunch of things, like you know, try to like, you know, try uh, try different light settings, tried with music, all those sort of options. I was basically uh, doing as much as I could, and then when the damage got too much, I said, okay, well at least there's a crate. I always knew that was an option. I can yeah. get a crate. Um, and like it won't be the best, it'll be for a while, but you know, you know, it'll be fine. She won't be able to do any damage. She'll just be in there, whatever. But then, when the howling throughout the day became an issue, then it was like I don't really know if there'll be anything that I can do that'll like allow me to have this dog in this apartment. Um, and you know, at that point, it had been 
you know, I had the dog for a while. And so there was this, this bond I had and I felt like, uh, yeah, I felt really stressed. I thought uh, this was starting to be with the point where I thought, you know, I might actually have to have to give this dog back. And that's kind of like the worst kind of, um, feeling you can have, I think, you know, like that's, that's where I was at with Dewey, where him and Mikey would kind of get in some scuffles and I was like, well, Mikey's way stronger than him. So like, and this is Mikey's home, so it's like, are we going to have to give Dewey up? So, yeah, I could def- I, d- I definitely know that kind of feeling. Um, would she, like, try to damage the crate at all? Yeah, so um, at some point, the kind of, the, like, one of the last uh, renditions of what I had tried, and I had tried a lot of things at this point, is that I would, I would in the morning, give her uh, tryptophan shoes, basically, to, to, you know, help put her to sleep. And I would also give her some wet food with two uh, ibuprofens. So this is uh, um, basically um, like antihistamines are, are kind of a drowsiness agent. And I had spoken to her vet about this. You can actually give um, uh, allergy medication uh, or like pure, uh, pure ibuprofen to dogs. And it'll help with um, uh, basically help with kind of the drowsiness, putting them to sleep, calming them. And so I give her two of those in the dog food. Then I would also actually give her some uh, CBD oil, so tincture for dogs that I had found from a local store. So I was I was triple what are you drug from California. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so basically, I was I was triple drugging this dog. Uh, it, it sounds worse than it was. It was just kind of uh, like a bunch of calming agents I could give her. I uh, I tried to give her the thunder shirt, but she had actually ripped it apart at this point. She decided she didn't like it and she tore it to shreds. Um, so I had a pheromone spray that I would keep outside of her crate, and then I would. Um, play music in the background so i was basically trying to try everything uh that i could do in the crate and like and and every combination Mm -hmm. and like add all of them at the same time yeah exactly so this was the final one where i tried each one of them separately and i was just trying them all together um and i was had her in the crate and uh, it it didn't work is the answer is the spoiler on that but uh to your question did she try to damage the crate yeah and this is actually where it became to me like the biggest problem so with the howling the neighbors were really concerned but i have a really great community uh they would they'd basically i would leave my key out for anybody who wanted to come in to to watch the dog for a little bit and so they would do that and sit outside the crate and um everybody was really friendly but the second they leave the howling would begin so the howling was something that needed to get taken care of but was more or less more or less people had accepted at that point um but what happened in the crate was that actually she began to do a few things. She started tearing up the plastic on the bottom. Yeah, so was it like one of those hard plastic ones? Yeah, it was a hard plastic bottom, and it was uh, kind of a metal crate. Oh, okay. Okay. And yeah. so she started um, digging the, the plastic and biting it and actually started fracturing it into shards. And so one day I got home, and she had actually um, she had actually cut her paws Jeez. on, on – clawing through the plastic and so that was i basically had to remove the entire plastic bottom and find some other way so i would basically after that i was said okay like this is this is really bad like i can't do this but other things she started doing in addition to to damage like hurting herself on the crate was she actually started bending the bars of the crate with her face she would just push through and start bending them which obviously she would actually start getting scratches on her face trying to do it um and and it became really clear um and and on top of that she actually started um, uh, defecating in the crate because it was so stressful to her, uh, and it became really clear that there was just no way I was gonna like, I was gonna 
you know, it, it was really, really cool at that point. And despite like my best efforts to try to try to allow, like make it a calm experience for her and make it fun, leaving toys in there or whatever. Uh, it just wasn't going to work. How long was she like in this whole crate process? How long was that? Yeah. The crate process, um, was probably a, like a three week odyssey. I would Jeez. say where it started out where she would just howl and it just got worse and worse and worse. So first day I kept her in the crate, it was just the howling and I was able to take her out and I, I thought it would get better. Something I should get used to, but pretty much like by week three, she started hurting herself and that's when there was, there was really no option. I couldn't keep her in the crate anymore. So you, you, you stopped the crate. Then what was the next? Yeah. So I have this, this idea while I was, um, uh, I was pretty much on the last, this was like the last hail Mary pass because I would, otherwise there would be no solution. I had asked previously about like, okay, forget the crate. I really just care that like, she's not biting or scratching things. Right. So I said, okay, what can I, can I get her a muzzle? And the answer I had pretty much gotten both online and from the trainer was that if you get a dog like that a muzzle, they'll start scratch trying to scratch it off and they'll end up hurting themselves more. Um, and so I was, you know, there's no option. And I was pretty much just, you know, sitting at work one day being like, you know, I really need to come up with a solution to this. And I had just this most banana land off the wall solution, um, which is basically thinking, okay, so if she's going to scratch her face, is there anything like mittens I could put on her <laughs> that, that would prevent her from damage, like clawing the muzzle off. And so she'd be the, my, in my head, it was, she'd be like, um, almost like an astronaut, just like have like a, a space helmet on and like giant glove. And so she would walk around just kind of unable to, to harm herself or anything, you know, kind of like a, the straight jacket solution. And so I went to, I went to Petco that night after having this idea and said, is this something that would work? They thought I was crazy, first of all. They were like, I've never heard of this before. Um, and we don't have mittens. We only have cat mittens. And so I said, what about rain boots? And they're like, yeah, we have dog rain boots. <laughs> so that night, I actually uh, bought a muzzle for Kaya as well as some rain boots. And then I tried it the next day. I was able to get the muzzle on her, no problem. It actually, she actually didn't mind it too much. And uh, I should clarify, this muzzle is not like a – like a strap down muzzle she can breathe through it it's like an open cage one she can eat through it and she can drink through it okay um, and so i put that on her and then i put the rain boots on and actually uh it actually ended up just being a huge success she she stopped howling she didn't damage anything she's able to sleep on the bed eat drink and it, it ended up working just perfectly and then you you made a product, sold it on Shark Tank, and now you're a billionaire, right? Uh, well, actually, so that's what this <laughs> podcast is for, is uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, affiliated. So, so how, how did you uh, affix these um, rain boots? I don't, I, I don't think I've actually seen dog rain boots. Yeah, so these little yellow rain boots, and she hate, hated wearing them, I should say. But she didn't, she didn't hate them like she hated being in the crate. She just found them really uncomfortable. And so what they are is you just kind of put their paws in, and they have this Velcro strap that you can, you can put around it. Um, like early on when we got it, she figured out how to take them off because she can bite through the muzzle. So she would put them up to her face, and she would tear off the Velcro. Um, and so what I – and this is just the stupidest thing. So I started putting socks over the rain boots – that she couldn't tear off the velcro. Oh, okay, yeah. So like an extra, extra layer. Yeah, exactly. And so that that extra layer, she just couldn't get them off anymore. Uh, and you know, she she didn't love the rainbow. She walked super funny in them, but she didn't really hate them either. She'd like, she just kind of is just uncomfortable for her. 
But actually, after after a month of keeping her in muzzle and rain boots, I took off the rain boots, uh, and she was totally fine. So, um, did you have four or just two? I had four rain boots for her. Okay. Um, and so were you kind of, like, telling, like, your kind of people in your apartment, like, you're trying all these different things and kind of getting feedback from them, like, yeah, she she didn't howl or she howled less like were you getting that kind of feedback yeah actually so the the cbd oil tincture that was from somebody in the apartment uh, i didn't i didn't know that they made that and they said oh this thing works wonders for dogs you need to try it and so i bought it pretty much that day um people would give all sorts of recommendations i think the music recommendation was from somebody in the apartment um somebody else recommended the thunder shirt i basically just took it all and, and tried to work with it yeah, when we first got Mikey, we gave him one of those Kong things, and we'd fill it with um, peanut butter, and so gave him something to to work on when we would go to school. Yeah, and actually, I bought a Kong for her. That was one of the first toys I bought her with the this, the bacon cheese spray for the inside, and I thought I thought this would be like a slam dunk because you know it's just a puzzle toy, and she sniffed it and never looked at it again. So <laughs> I ended up returning both. <laughs> Yeah, Mikey, Mikey loved his. Like, if I found it, he would he would go crazy for it. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, you know, he was a pup at the time, so he was into anything. Uh, and I've learned that there were maybe, you know, in hindsight's twenty twenty, there may be yeah. toys I could have gotten her that she would have liked. One thing she does like is um, is frozen bones with the raw meat on them. Oh, okay. So I could have maybe that would have a lot helped. It's just like maybe just some raw meats or some butcher bones might have been a little bit better for her. So, uh, how's she doing now with all this kind of stuff? You still have to do... So, she's actually perfect now. Um, she's at home right now without a muzzle or rain boots, and she doesn't damage the house. She's still very excited to see me when I get home, but she's she knows I'll come back now. And so, it was really, I think, after about four months, I would say, of, of kind of me leaving and coming back, she, she got used to the idea that I would come back, and now she's, yeah, she's just great. And um, so I don't know how widespread this is, but I know at least in the Bay Area, there are some companies that are like open to having people bring their dogs. I assume that wasn't an option. No, I really I was really hoping that'd be the case. Um, And so I was looking online pretty early on, like um, like Illumina, (laughs) do you bring your dog or can you bring your dog in? Um, And. I had asked around the office, and it's just not, it's just not yeah. an option. Yeah, I mean, I get I get it, you know, but, like, yeah, that, that definitely could have saved you some trouble, but. Yeah, I, I was hoping there'd be a doggy daycare or something, um, but uh, there was kind of no option like that for my work. Uh, I had thought about leaving her in the car, but that sounded even worse, so I, yeah. Yeah, in the heat, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so she's doing good, like well now though with all that kind of stuff with all the being home that that's that's good um so uh i totally forgot to ask you this earlier were you looking for like male or female or were you just looking for best fit uh looking for best fit i was okay i the dog i grew up with uh, as a child was a was a a lady and uh dog your family's dog is um male right yeah that's right Uh, so minnie and milo were the two dogs so you're you're just up for whatever. Yeah, I I like them. They're I do find that the like uh, male versus female dogs can be really different. And yeah, Kaya definitely is 
fits more on the like the female dog aspect she's a lot more just um just a lot more submissive to me for instance um a lot less like boisterous or playful but and, and maybe i don't know if that's all breeds but generally i find that boy dogs are very just like playful run in a room like want to have fun yeah for for me it's always the concern about being aggressive hmm. like dewey doesn't even want to wouldn't even hurt a fly but mikey sometimes can be a little overbearing in that regard um so uh what's kind of like your like goal with her just to like train her super well like i i know some people are really into that like i remember seeing this guy he had some sort i don't remember what it was but he would like some sort of like toy thing where he would throw it up in like 20 feet in the air and then it would hit the ground and then he would give his dog a command and the dog would run after it like i assume it was like for a hunting kind of purpose like do you care about training super well or do you just want to have like kind of like a companion yeah you know my goal with all the training for her was just so that um just to give her like something to do and also just um like kind of have the basics of like here sit have a have a treat i'm not really all that interested in in having her be just like a super trained dog i think my goal for her what i what i hope to accomplish with her is that she'll be like great with all people um she's still you know you know, we've made a lot of progress with the separation anxiety she's still frightened of other dogs although she does better um she's still good with people although she'll she'll sometimes just run away if somebody approaches her so she's she's doing better but my goal would be that she's just very comfortable and that um you can tell she's a rescue now still it'd be nice to get to a point where somebody can meet her and, and have just no idea that she was a rescue um and then in terms of so that's what i want for her and then what i want out of it is really just um, just a nice companion that uh, that hangs out and and chills and, and watches Netflix with me. Uh, so, like, when you walk her, do you try to like avoid other dogs or like like cross the street kind of thing or go go in the street? Uh, so when with my family dog Milo, when he sees a dog, he goes nuts. He's a Jack Russell Terrier mix, and he he just he just barks barks and goes crazy. And he's you know he's not a particularly aggressive dog. He's just goes it's just too much excitement for him um with kaya it's she doesn't take a lot of interest in other dogs she doesn't bark she might look at them but you know for the most part it's i don't have to worry about that i can walk her okay um but if a dog is kind of more like milo let's say and wants to like bark and run at her she will give the warning signs and it'll it will alarm people because she has very sharp teeth and she uh, you know her growl just seems aggressive even though it's just like a stay away from me so I don't need to worry about it, but I, I am always cognizant of um, are people going to let their dog kind of approach her and how is she going to respond to that? Um, so, but yeah, so uh, she's changed a lot though, right? Like it sounds like she's like changed a lot for the better. Yeah, actually. And, uh, you know, I had a, I hung out with a friend yesterday who had seen her some time ago and saw her just yesterday. And he basically said, wow, she's starting to act like a dog now. And so that's, yeah, she's. She's still a cat-like, but she's slowly kind of getting this kind of uh, dog attributes, like let's play and those sort of things. Well, that's good to hear. Um, like I mentioned earlier, dogs, like a, to me, they're kind of like the epitome of kind of like happiness and joy. And so it's, it's good to see her or hear her uh, doing a lot better. Um, do you have any kind of predictions like – 
like a time frame like oh I think she'll be I don't want to say normal but you know like all the more there more um, adjusted however you want to phrase it I'm hoping in six months uh, she'll bring toys up for me to play with that's my <laughs> that's my current goal and I think at that point it'll be uh, she'll just be just a super happy dog and I think what you said about just dogs being the epitome of happiness is it's really true and she it's cool because she had a lot of sadness really and uh you know when you see sad dogs it, it, it's interesting you can just say that's a sad dog but it, it it's neat to see that even from her background she's able to just become the happy dog she is now cool well that's that's glad to hear um yeah i hope uh she continues to do better um I guess one last thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, but you do take her off leash, right? You mentioned that at the beach, and does she like run around or? Uh, not really. She if she gets too far from me, she gets scared still, so she'll come back. Oh, okay. Uh, but she kind of keeps a, a pretty healthy perimeter. She goes out on her own. Um, she doesn't really run off after things, but she'll she'll wander and then and then come back. Does she go in the water at all? Uh, she hates water. <laughs> yeah, that's another one of her cat like yeah. attributes. She will walk around puddles if she sees them, and she's frightened of the rain. <laughs> Well, you're in San Diego, so you don't have to worry about that too much. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, uh, thank you so d- much for d- having me. Definitely a, a cool, uh, you know, different perspective from a dog that's um, fairly different than a lot of the ones we've talked about. Um, so is there any – I say this every episode. Is there any sort of, like, um, thing you want to plug, like, or just kind of like a, like a send-off, like – words of encouragement or whatever like a famous quote i don't know whatever you want to do you know like (laughs) uh i don't think i have anything i'll just say uh, dogs are great and if you're thinking about uh, rescuing a dog definitely do it cool well um thank you for listening um you can follow the show on any platform that i know of i i try to put it on every platform it's on iTunes, Google Play, um, Spotify, that's a big one. Um, basically, any podcast service, YouTube. Um, there's a Facebook page that posts a link, uh, Twitter. Um, I need to use the Instagram more, but there is one that I created. Um, so you can find that at the Good Boy Pod. Um, if you care to follow me, I'm just, my name, at Ilya Alexif, and uh, thanks for listening. Um, Oh, yeah, and rate us. Rating is a good way to increase visibility, so if you enjoy the show, help others find it. So um, thanks for listening, and keep petting those dogs.